Well, we're in a series called Anti-Anxiety. Anybody here anti-anxiety? Absolutely. Um, I hope you understand the concept of macro and micro. Macro is big and widespread, and micro is small and right here. And um, that's the kind of issues and problems that we have in life. We've got macro, we've got stuff that affects everybody, it's everywhere, and then you have micro, and that's kind of at your house, that's kind of in your relationships, that's within your reach, we have all those things going on. Then we, ha- then we have, as I said last week, four syllables, sums it up, 20, 20. Add to that, this week we had this, this sounds like a, a, a title for a scary movie, Friday the 13th, 2020. <laughs> Turned out okay, because I believe every day is blessed of the Lord, amen? And then we were supposed to get a, a hurricane this week, thank God that we, de- we only got, you know, kind of a storm, thankful for that, for sure. But you have all those things going on, macro and micro, and it just causes you know, agitation in your soul. And that's what we really want to talk about is how, to, how do we deal with that? Now, let me, let me just mention this in brief. That's where you're feeling things is in your soul. That's where your worry is. That's where your angst is. That's where your fear is. That's where your joy is and peace is. You know, you're feeling that in, in your soul. And so we have so many things that try to rob our, our peace and our joy and uh, agitate our soul. Jesus spoke about that in Matthew chapter 11. And he said, come to me, and there's your answer, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, come on, I will give you rest, go ahead, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you, come on, read this with me, you will find rest for your souls. I love the way that's worded, you'll find rest. You come to him, he has it, and when you come to him, you can find everybody, you can find rest for your souls, go ahead. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, as we've talked about, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you. Life is crisis and process. Crisis and process. Anybody here already have some crisis today? And don't think of crisis as, you know, somebody stole your driveway or something. I mean, whatever it would be. I mean, the cat got out and it's time to leave and you got to hunt the cat or you're curling iron broke, or, you know, you spilled coffee in the car. We have crisis. We have big things. We have little things um, that happen. But life is that. It's crisis, and then it is process. So it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you. Ultimately, then, it comes down to this. Just another way uh, to put it is what we can control and then how we respond to what we cannot control. And these two things actually determine the level of your peace or your anxiety. And so it's what I can control, and you take care of that appropriately, and then how you respond, you know, that you don't freak out, you know, uh, to the things that you cannot control. You don't throw a fit. You don't, you don't just collapse. We would say, you know, we raised five kids, and sometimes they would just go boneless. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you're either holding their hand or holding them, they don't get their way, and they just, they just go boneless. And the thing is, if you don't learn to not do that, you're 40 years old and you're still going boneless, you know? And it does not, it's not attractive. Well, uh, I shared with you last week two tools and two weapons that we need for these days and for any days, and it's first right here. Give it over to God. Come on, everybody say it. 
give it over to God. We did that during communion today where you, you know, Lord, we're giving this to you. It should be a daily, it should be a real frequent thing. This is actually trust. This is trust. And for me, the best way that this works is to actively, intentionally, and vocally, verbally say, Lord, I trust you with this. I give this over to you. I can't carry this, but you can. I don't know what to do with this, but you do. And to actively do that, that is trust, giving it over to God. The second tool or weapon is this. It is to get in this moment. Say that, read that with me. Get in this moment. And this is a concept that is called mindfulness. Mindfulness. Now, this is used in the, in the field of psychology. And understand that psychology is not all bad. When you couple psychology with the authority of God's scripture, what it helps you to do, now hear this, don't separate it from God's word, but when you overlay it, you actually see it's in the word. It helps you to understand your soul, helps you to understand how you think and feel and decide and remember and attitudes and emotions and all of this. It helps you to sort those things out. It helps you to uh, to sort out how to deal with temptation, how to break addiction, those kind of things in your life. And so mindfulness is a practice that is certainly, certainly biblical, and you'll see it today. And what it means is to give active attention to the present. It is to be fully present. Did you know your senses, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, all five of those are for right now. Therefore, right now, you are actually uh, fearfully and wonderfully made, and you're actually made and wired for the present. You're made and wired for the present, and our problems come when we try to time travel into the past or into the future, and what we need to do is to be mindful and live in the now. So many of you have missed so many things that you were there but not there. Some of you are here, but not here, <laughs> you know? You've had conversations, you've had meals, you've had vacations, you've, you've had a massage, you've had things and you didn't get anything out of it because you weren't there. I mean, physically, were, you were there. You know, you could take a picture, there you were. Was, was he there? He was there, but he was not there. You know, and, and dads, we need to make sure that when we come home, we're home. Seriously, and this is a message for another time, but when we, when we first started the church and we had, I don't know, we had three, maybe four kids at the, at the time, you know, as time went on and the church was growing and all kinds of things and, you know, we're building buildings and stuff I had never done and I could feel all this and I'd get in my, my minivan because we had a lot of kids and I'd, and I'd head home and there was a stop sign a block away from my house that I had to stop at. And I would every day roll down the window on the other side and I would just symbolically cast all my cares right out that window because I was going to go home and I would have little ones looking for daddy. And I had a wife that was looking for her husband when I, when I got home and I couldn't come in all stress head, you know. And I kid you not where I would throw those things out figuratively on the grass, grass never grew. I thought that was supernatural for a while, and then one day on the way to work, I noticed it was a school bus stop. So it was, it was, it was kids. I'd yell out the window, don't step in that. So. 
But we've got to be wherever you are, be all there. Pay attention to what's going on in the present moment instead of your fears, your worries, your insecurities of your past and of the future. Fear is a liar. Worry is a distractor. And your phone is a robber. It's a robber. It takes time and you get all this coming to you and all this information and everybody's opinions on things and everybody's perfect life and, you know, everybody's a comment on, on all that stuff. And, and, and this is what studies show, that when you pick up your phone, and I'll tell you the truth, most Americans are addicted to their, to their phone. You just got to look at it just because nothing else is going on. And so you get it out and here's, here's what happens. If you do anything other than I've got to send that text, I've got to make this note, or I need to make this call. If you do anything other than that, you're about to spend 20 minutes. Let me rephrase that. You're about to waste 20 minutes. It's going to take you on a little bit of journey, and you're going to look, oh, wow, time flies. Cars are honking behind you because you're, you know. And so we have to be careful because that's a robber that keeps us out of the present too. Some of you need to practice social media distancing. I just came up with that. I, I will mandate it for all 50 states if I'm elected. <laughs> I am not running for anything. All right. Uh, as we talked about, depression is worry about the past. Anxiety is worry about the future. And both of those rob you and keep you out of the present. So what we have to do is get our heart, our head, our feet in the same place at the same time. And if you want to have a sense of peace and well-being, realize that I am in this moment and God is in this moment with me. And when you realize that, no matter what you're going through, and I'm going to get ahead of myself just a bit here on, on purpose, there is nothing that will happen today, even if it's something hard. It's nothing more than what you can handle with God's help. You hear me? Even if you walk through the valley of the shadow of whatever today, you don't need to fear because God is with you. And when you realize, okay, I'm in this moment. I'm not back there and I'm not out there. I'm right here. Heart, head, feet, same place, same moment. I'm in this moment and God is in this moment with me. You'll, you're okay. You're okay. Amen. So I wish that we could become aware of when we're worrying because we're good at it. Come on, how many of you are really good at it? My grandma was in the Olympics for worry, you know? But we're, we're good at it. We have habits of, of worry. We have this auto-worry kind of syndrome. But I wish we had some way that we could, you know, alarm ourselves to realize we're worrying again. Um, if you have a smart watch or smartphone, there's something called haptics. And what haptics are, it's it's some tactile sensation or notification that you feel or hear. And so there's some things like, oh, you have an appointment in 15 minutes and it'll just like buzz or to make a noise or ding or whatever else and you have that. I, I wish that we could wire our stuff to help us when we're worrying. Like our watch would get really tight and really hot or something <laughs> and, then, and you realize. Ah, or your shoe strings would start on fire. So uh, don't worry, I'm just worrying, okay? And 
and that you can fix. But we've got to do a better job of catching ourselves when we're worrying. Can you say amen? Because worry triggers anxiety. Worry triggers anxiety. Now, worry, get this, worry is in the mind. Worry is in your thoughts and it's in your mind. Anxiety is in your body and in your feelings. And so if we can stop this here, we can stop the anxiety that's happening in other places. So here it is just now. If you can stop worry, you can stop anxiety. Come on, read that loud and clear with me. If you can stop worry, you can stop anxiety. Now, Jesus frequently and very strongly in Scripture um, commands us. He orders us to not worry. He also tells us what to do about worry, and we're, we're going to look at that today. And realize if he tells you do not worry, you have the capacity to not, to not worry. The New Testament Greek word for worry, it's also used for cares and anxieties. It has the idea of to tear and rip apart, to tear and rip apart. And the definition of that de- describes what worry does to you. It kind of tears you, divides you, rips you apart. Um, anxiety, as I said, is worry over the future. It's concern about the future. Can I tell you something about the future? You cannot predict it and you cannot control it. So we have what's out ahead of us that we cannot predict. We can't fully see it and we can't control it. And so we don't want to get out there. It's all the what ifs. You know, if this happened, if that happened, what if they do this? We have all of those things going. It's fueled by the news. It's fueled by conversations and so forth. And what it does, it tears us apart because it starts in the mind. Follow this. It starts in the mind. It goes to the brain. And then it goes to the body. So once I have something going on in my thoughts, in my mind, everybody say worry. When I've got that going on, what if and what about? And we have that going on in our mind. Our brain then, which is super powerful, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your brain then releases very powerful neurotransmitters. So these are chemicals that are released to go and do certain things in your body that get you ready for action, that get get you ready to go do something about which there's nothing you can do. So this is calling in all forces. You know, it's getting everybody ready, here we go, and then there's nothing to do. And what happens in those powerful chemicals are loosed in your body and they, in a chemical, in a physical sense, it wreaks havoc, it tears you apart, just like it said, the definition of worry, it, it tears you apart. Not to mention what's happening to your brain as you keep doing that, not to mention what's happening in your soul. And that's where your emotions and your thinking and your feeling, all of, all of these things. So Jesus said, do not do this. So look with me in Matthew chapter 6. Are you there? Jesus said, do not. Do not worry and be anxious. So he not only tells us to not do that, but then he also is going to tell us how to overcome worry. Let me... Uh, I note this as well. Not only is this how to overcome worry, this is also how to overcome temptation. This is how to overcome addiction. This is also how to overcome procrastination. There's probably some others, but those stand out to me. So look in Matthew 6, verse 34. 
Jesus is speaking. He says, therefore, do not worry about, come on, tomorrow. Now, there's your answer. I'm going to go ahead and give you a clue. There's your answer. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Read this part with me. Each day has enough trouble of its own. True or false? All right, now look at it in the New International, uh, New Living Translation. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Read this with me. Today's trouble is enough for today. It's wrong to let tomorrow's possible problems tear you apart today. When we're worried about tomorrow, we're spent for today. We've taken what we have today, and we've already invested it in tomorrow, and then we live anxious, we live limited, we're not our best self, we don't have our best day, we can't offer what we need to for relationships, and we can't handle today. Have you ever been there? I can't handle today. Why? Because of tomorrow. <laughs> and here's the thing about tomorrow, you don't know. Well, I've got a doctor's appointment. Well, he might say, you got a miracle. Amen. Or he may say, you got this, but we'll do this. Are y'all, are y'all hearing me? And we get this, I can't handle today because we're so, we've spent what we're supposed to have today, we've spent it into tomorrow. And it ends up, again, not spending, but actual waste. Guess who would love for that to continue to happen in your life? The devil, the enemy, the enemy of your soul. So here's what Jesus does. He contrasts two days, and here they are, tomorrow and today. Tomorrow and today. And this is what he says, each of these days has enough trouble of its own. Tomorrow, I I hate to break it to you, you seem like nice people, but tomorrow we'll have some trouble. And today, and I really hate to break this to you because you got all cleaned up and came to church, but there'll be some trouble today too. I don't know how much, but I want to promise you this based on God's promises, it won't be more than what you can handle. When you feel overloaded is when you are so worried and focused and invested on tomorrow that you've now depleted what you should have for today, including your full attention. And then when you do that, you can't handle today or tomorrow. And it won't stop tomorrow. You'll do the same thing tomorrow. And it keeps going. So what we have to do is focus on today. Now, tomorrow is not for us. Now, I'm going to talk about planning in a moment, but tomorrow is not ours. You don't have tomorrow promised to you. I'm giving you such good news, aren't I? (laughs) None of us have tomorrow promise. Tomorrow is God's. Tomorrow is always God's. All tomorrows are God's, and they're in God's hands. Today, everybody say today. today. Today belongs to you. That's what you have. You have today. God has only given you today. And God has actually forbidden us for our own sake. He's forbidden us to be torn apart, to worry about what might happen tomorrow that we can't control and and we can't even predict. Jesus taught us to pray and he said this, give us this day our, our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And if you remember the children of Israel, this is in the book of Exodus, Children of Israel were in the wilderness, and God was taking care of them like he does, and he sent them manna, and manna was a bread-like food that he would actually rain down, and they would get up in the morning, and it would be out there for them. But he gave clear instructions, and he said this, only gather for today. 
So if you try to gather up a bunch for tomorrow, when you get up tomorrow, it will be full of, I know it's getting close to lunch, but it'd be full of maggots, okay? It will stink up your tent. And so our lives sometimes stink that way because we're trying to get into tomorrow. And God said, I will take care of you today. I give you today and I will take care of you today. I don't want you messing with tomorrow yet. Are you all with me? So tomorrow and what might happen tomorrow is in God's hands. Give it over to God. Now let me take a moment and talk about planning. Come on, everybody say planning. Okay, uh, God's okay with planning. As a matter of fact, the, the Bible is probably the richest book to help you to plan, plan wisely. But we have to do proper planning, proper thinking, and that actually reduces worry and actually reduces anxiety. Look with me in James chapter four, verse 13. Come now you who say, now watch this plan. Today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. So it sounds like, sounds like a good plan. Um, so he's not against planning, but go ahead to verse 14. Whereas, here's, the, here's the, the, the catch, you do not know what will happen tomorrow. So he said, well, tomorrow we're gonna, no, you don't know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life if it's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes away? But watch this, verse 15. Instead, come on, everybody say instead. Instead, you ought to say, come on, if the Lord wills, which is actually inviting him. It's not just this whatever. It is inviting the Lord. I want your will. If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or do that. And so that's how you plan. You ask God to help you, to give you wisdom, to give you some insight of what to do. And plan in such a way then that you make your best plans and then what do you do? You lay them before the Lord. You want his will. Don't you just come up with your stuff and then say, hey Lord, I hope you like it. You know, get him involved in it. Invite him into the process. You know, Lord, give me wisdom, give me insight. To the best of my ability, I'm trying to plan this out. And, and you need to understand that sometimes there are some things the Lord will show you to do today that deal with tomorrow. If you're a student, maybe you're worried about, I have a big exam on, a big exam on Friday, and so you're worrying about it all week. Instead, what you should do is plan for it all week and meet her out and say, okay, I'm gonna study an hour today after lunch, and tomorrow I've got this block of time. And that's wise use of it, okay? Rather than worrying all week, doing nothing for it. The pastor said, just take care of today, okay? <laughs> but you have to be wise with it. Or if you're, if you're gonna retire one day, you know, you don't say, well, pastor said spend all your money today. That is not what I said. <laughs> so you need, and the, and the Bible gives us some good wisdom on that so you can be ready when the day comes. But invite the Lord to be in that process for you. And now you can be ready for tomorrow without anxiety, without worry. Here's the question. Ready? Here we go. What is there to worry about if my life and my best plans are in God's hands? So if I give it all over to the Lord and I invite the Lord to get in the process of planning, what do I need to do today for what is ahead? The Lord can direct you because guess what? The Lord knows what's ahead. Amen. And he doesn't have to explain it all to us either. And so I, want, I need you to do this and be careful. That's why we walk with the Lord. And so really, what is there to worry about if my life and my best plans are in God's hands? Now, here's what we do. Focus 
on today. Everybody read it with me. Focus on today. That's the key that locks the door to worry because you just stay in today. And that opens the door to peace and efficiency. Your time, your energy, your focus, your effort should be spent on today because once you shift it to tomorrow, that's when you start to worry. That's when you start to get anxious. Tomorrow belongs to God. Hear me. Tomorrow belongs to God. Today belongs to you. Focus on today. Guess what? You can handle it. And God is with you today. And God will help you to be fruitful and efficient. And concern for today doesn't tear you apart. Because the promises of God, you have, hear this, you have what you need for today. There is not more, today, something's not going to happen that's more than what you can handle. You ready? Even if today you had to walk through the valley of the shadow of whatever, it's not more than what you can handle. Today, God is with you. You're never alone. You're never without help. God saw this day, and God's with you in this day. Listen, we walked through some things in the last couple of weeks with several families. They've gone through, they've walked through a deep, dark valley. But they will tell you, every step of the way, we knew that God was with us. Do we want those days? Are we excited about those days happening? No, but you know what? It takes a little fear out of it knowing that whatever happens today is not more than what I can handle with God with me. God has given you everything that you need for today. So focus on today. Stop time traveling again into the past, into the future, because once you do that, you invite all kinds of other things that do not help you at all. And you know what? I believe this. You can go to bed pleasantly tired. You can go to bed satisfied. You can go to bed realizing God has been faithful once again. Psalm 127 says this, it is vain for you to stay up late or to rise up early to eat the bread of sorrows or anxiety. That's a waste for you to do that. Instead, we need to realize and thank God every day. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm gonna rejoice, I'll be glad in it. God is with me all this day. And if there's a tomorrow for me, he will be with me tomorrow as well. You get your head, your heart, your feet, in the same place at the same time and realize I'm in this moment, God is in this moment with me and I will be okay. Now you're gonna have to practice it. You're gonna need to take a walk. You're gonna need to sit down. You're gonna need to, to wrestle yourself back in out of that habit that we've had and get in the moment. Start your day and end your day and we'll talk about that in a couple weeks, but start your day and end your day in the right way and that's gonna help you to frame the whole day so that you can focus on today. And I'll tell you what you'll see. You'll see the faithfulness of God. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? I hope so. I hope so.